All right, here we go. Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, Rob Cantrell. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Uh, hey, I'm experimenting on how I am opening the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I was doing check one, check two, but then it was just, you know, getting a little ridiculous. I just tried to do a beatbox, but... You know, if I'm not, I, I can beatbox pretty good, but it's not my main forte. I would say it, when it comes to hip hop, my main forte is probably popping and locking. Uh, and popping, actually. I'm a very good electric boogie dancer. Uh, <laughs> my DJ skills are pretty good, but I know how to hook up two turntables and get the mixer, the, re the realistic mixer. That was the shit from uh, Radio Shack. You had to get, they had they had better ones, but that was like the basic floor model, like the Ford of the original two turntables and a microphone type setup. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. We're going to talk music today. We're going to talk weed. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk food. Uh, I'm late. <laughs> this is Saturday, uh, but it's good because I have just a lot of time on my hands. I'm good to go. I'm not trying to... Usually I tape this on Thursday and I'm trying to knock some other stuff out. Today I'm just focused on trying to give you the best uh, Cannabis Coffee Hour podcast ever. Today that was a nice sip of uh, seltzer water provided by SodaStream. I don't know if you guys rock the SodaStream or rock seltzer. I'm rocking a lot of seltzer, almost too much seltzer. I'm almost at the point where I want to go... Give me a month off seltzer. Give me a month off of the bubbles. I mean, I'd just be bubbling way too much. We rock those fucking jetpacks uh, in our apartment all day. It's, uh, it gets crazy. Uh, it's not that expensive. I mean, it, it does work itself out in the long run. And it is refreshing at the end of the day to have seltzer water. I was kind of doing this thing where I just drink it all the time, but I'm trying to wean off the seltzer during the morning just for your digestive system and hit the bubbles later in the evening and just drink water. Uh, but today we got, I got a great strain banana. I moved back to, you know, with smoking, you, your personal thing is like your device and you kind of move back and forth Either it's a joint or a bowl or a vaporizer or oil or the classic. Like I had the glass chillum. I had a great, I do still have a great glass chillum. But I've moved back to the original, uh, just classic one hitter uh, with finely, finely uh, grinded cannabis. And, uh, yeah, I just like tasting it that way. And the strain I got is great. It's called Bananas. Uh, it's a, I'm looking at Leafly, but people are talking about everything not, uh, you know, indica, sativa. Everything's kind of blending together. New stuff is happening. Uh, but let's get to the coffee. I got this from Key Food, actually. It's their, like, good locally roasted uh, coffee. I just grabbed this bag. But it was the higher, there was like a $9 bag. This was the $10 bag and it's organic. But I can tell what they're doing. Like th this place has always had coffee. Brooklyn is just, it's like coffee and Brooklyn kind of go hand in hand. So this place has had coffee for a while. Bean and Brew Coffee. It's just like almost a generic, probably just for that store. They probably, but whoever's running Bean and Brew, they got some good beans because this is 100% organic Sumatra mandaling coffee, aromic Indonesian bean in Indonesia. We'll talk about Indonesia, because I lived a month in Bali. In 1999, I surfed in Bali for a whole month when I backpacked all throughout Southeast Asia, right before I got into stand-up comedy, and right after I quit my first job Right after college, I did say I did a job. I was a headhunter for like three and a half years for you know a high tech company. So just you know, I learned that business. I did it for like three and a half years. I saved up a bunch of money and then I quit and uh, I just toured around for about eight months. And that's when I landed in San Francisco and started doing stand up in 1999. So I like oh, that's good coffee, man. This is the second 
press. And I could tell it's good because I looked at the other ones and there was some not as fresh as this one. This is, says best used by 4320. That's a year ago. So I could tell like I, these beans got right off the truck. Like I could tell like with that date, you know, that's over, that's like a year away. Like with that date, these beans, this is like the freshest batch they had. And this was the kind of the higher elevated uh, brand of that brand, the sub brand of the local coffee. And again, it's a $10, <coughs> sorry, got some phlegm. It's the morning, sorry, gonna work it out, gonna drink some seltzer. Uh, but this is the higher end. And man, it's good, it's earthy. Uh, I remember getting great cups of coffee in Bali. That's the thing about visiting other countries and culture. Like most countries and cultures have a certain coffee or they have a coffee. All you need is a good mountain. You know, I don't hear much of American roasted beans. Does America have beans, coffee? I'm just gonna put in the Google machine right here. Where is their naturally grown coffee beans in the U.S.? I mean, is it always South America's? I th is it... Coffee grown since 18, yeah, Hawaii. Oh, because there's a certain elevation, Hawaii and Puerto Rico. One of the two only states of America able to grow coffee plants commercially is Hawaii. Oh man, I gotta get some Hawaiian coffee. I haven't had some Hawaii coffee. And however, it's not only coffee grown on USO, for example, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico got some coffee. Puerto Rico, ah, Puerto Rico, ah. If you don't know what that means, Puerto Rico, because people from that aren't from New York or the East Coast don't get the Puerto Rican culture as much. And actually, the Puerto Rican culture has a lot to do with hip hop. Like with hip hop, I always say it is, you know, a black musical art form but on top of that it's a new york musical art form in new york like the beginners of hip-hop they weren't all african-american because new york unlike other places in america that are you know not as diverse new york is the most diverse and yeah there's black people but there's also dominican republic and there's also so many different varieties of different types of people and different cultures and different. Uh, so New York's just heavily Puerto Rican, man. It's just a Puerto Rico culture. And then that was a part of the, you know, the original rock steady crew. Uh, you know, those, most of those guys are Puerto Rican. The poppin' and lockers were uh, the electric boogie, Mr. Wave. Mr. Wave was, uh, the most famous pop and locker from my generation, his name was Mr. Wave, and he was from the New York City Breakers. The New York City Breakers was like, like the number, they were like the Dallas Cowboys of breakdancing. But before them was the Rocksteady crew, and the Rocksteady crew was the real deal. And I think the New York City Breakers was like kind of more of a commercial, go on tour, do some movies type shit. But they had a dude called Mr. Wave. And Mr. Wave, I remember, was in... A bunch of the, it was in the Thriller video when he was, they would show that one dude popping and locking, that was Mr. Wave. And then Mr. Wave was also in the movie Beat Street during the scene where the three girls, there's this one scene that they're all up in this like, uh, it's dope. Uh, they go to this, they go to this hip hop party in Beat Street in the beginning of the movie. And they're, the older brother's DJing there. And it's an abandoned building. And they show the whole like, taking the electricity from the light post outside and bringing it up. They show all of that in Beat Street and they, it's like this warehouse and they have all this great graffiti. I remember the graffiti. And then they had these three female MCs and they did this song called Us Girls. 
And uh, in that scene, there's a great break-off. I remember I was so into breaking. I knew all the movies that had different break scenes. And this was like a classic break scene uh, in Beat Street. Because this is also, there's a scene with uh, Dougie Fresh doing this Christmas rap with the Treacherous Three that's ridiculous. I haven't seen this movie like in 15 years. I need to sit down and watch me some Beat Street. Um, I don't know how I got talking about... No, I was talking about Mr. Wave, who's the best pop and locker. Um, I don't know if he's still alive or what. I'm sure he might have eight gazillion people on Instagram right now, or he could be dead for the last 15 years. You never know in 2019. It's just... Uh, we are in the future, and the future is flying fast, and time is no joke. So this is the banana strain. I just had a great, that was the perfect one hitter right there. Um, tasty, simple, straight up, nicely grounded, burned clean and mean, uh, fresh tasting bananas. This is the same strain I believe I had on the last episode. Um, but I don't know, yeah, I had one right before the show. And, uh, but I also had a banana shake, but I had some turmeric in it. I've been uh, fucking with turmeric. I got this like powder to go in your smoothies. First, I got the in Ninja like smoothie machine. You gotta get the Ninja, man. If you can get the, it's an, it's literally like a boat engine. This this blender they call it a smoothie, but it makes so much noise. Like my bullet would make so much noise because I'm crushing ice in the morning. Because all my smoothies in the morning, you know, I always every morning I have a banana peanut butter, uh, banana, peanut butter, ice, milk, cinnamon, and now I got this turmeric powder. And the turmeric, you know, turmeric is that Southeast Asian spice, but for some reason it mixes with the cinnamon and the banana and the peanut butter so much that it tastes like eggnog. <laughs> like the taste is eggnog. And I drink a vat of this stuff and it tasted wonderful. I like the taste of eggnog. It's just the nasty, like, eggnog is just like milk. And I think there's like a real whipped egg on it. It's like, it's really thick. Whereas this is just, it's mostly more about the spicing created the eggnog thing. It's mostly protein. It's just all peanut butter and bananas with a little bit of milk. I Sometimes I use almond milk, but I usually use whole milk. I don't drink that much milk. And I really don't care. Like, I'll drink whatever is available. Some, but is it, except if it's, like, pasteurized or one of those. One of those is kind of weird that you're like, what is non-pasteurized or, I don't know, or buttermilk. Um, if you're not in the mood and you don't know what you're about to sip, if you drink some buttermilk, that tastes, and bad milk. Is there anything worse than sour milk? Like, that milk definitely tells you when not to drink it. Like... You could just be like, oh, you can't physically even get your nose in there. Like, it's so rancid. So wild, like, the nose, how everything's so wildly connected. The smells, like, your body knows from the smell, like, um, dude, that is not good to drink. <laughs> the human body, man, it is amazing to be alive. I'll say it again. The more and more I'm meditating, the more I think it's growing older, man. I think the more and more I start to realize it's more about the mechanics of your body. You know, everybody goes through this mental bullshit and figuring everything out. And you shouldn't overthink it or dramatize it. And try to keep your energy right in the middle and try to steer it towards, you know, positive things that you want to do like uh, smoking weed and drinking coffee and doing a fun podcast. Uh, always funky fresh. Never can be stale. Took a test to be an MC and never failed. That's from uh, Run DMC. Um, I think that it's like that, but I always like that saying. It's always funky fresh. Never been stale. Took a test to become an MC and never failed. Bars. Oh uh, yeah, I've been I've been listening to that Logic 
uh, Eminem joint. Now, I know it's a controversial thing, but mostly my I appreciate Eminem now more than when he came out. Um, and I, I am, I think I'm more entertained now than I was when he was kind of bratty. Cause he's like the same age as me. So when he, when he popped, he was like 28 and he must've been doing hip hop since he was like 16. And I just got into stand up, and I remember seeing that first album and I was like going to open mics, bombing and doing stand up. But I remember, this was right before he popped, man. I started in 99 and I remember looking at that first album like, what the fuck is this shit and then the next when I got last comic standing in 2003 he was already at eight mile which is almost like the swan song of his like super Michael Jackson arc of fame and fortune that 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 dude took a ride many few people have taken the fame ride that as that dude has and made it out alive so I commend him because he you know, the pills and all that shit, and then to come back and have a kid during all that shit, and, you know, to force, you know, it's, it, that dude is a, a trippy dude. But I was, uh, I'll tell you, I was a hater <laughs> in the beginning. And I'm not a huge fan of, like, mathematical rap. I'm just not, I'm not, you know, I did grow up on more, I like Houdini, I like Run DMC, I like Beastie Boys, I like when lyrical content gets so dense that it takes, you know, super footnote where it goes beyond music and gets more mathematical. Same thing with joke writing and I understand it and I do appreciate it and I do want to kind of push more in that direction. Sometimes I rely on my stand up on more of my personality and just figuring it out. I know how to write jokes and I write them, but I'm not a joke nerd and I'm not a rhyme nerd. Um, but I will say that song is funky. Uh, the Logic in Eminem called Homicide, and they have Chris D'Elia's, who's funny. That impression's funny. I don't know Chris D'Elia. I've never d I've done shows with him. I think I've seen him in a hallway one time at a comedy club, and we almost said hello. But uh, I don't think we've never... He was just all L.A. and then went into super fame. And I've been in New York... And I, you know, I've, I've been to California twice in the last, like, five years. And they were all, the last time I went, it was an awesome, awesome run. And then the last few times before that, were it's always been fun. It's just like, you know, I had a family, I've got a kid, I'm hustling here in New York. The New York hustle is so fucking hardcore that, I mean, the L.A. hustle's hardcore, but the New York hustle is like, if you walk away from the table, like, the scene changes in New York so fast, like, but then there's always the old guard, but the minutia of just like the, the beginning stages, every three or four years, there's like a whole different gatekeepers and people and, you know, and there's, all, there's just a lot of comedians. A lot of people come to New York to do this shit. There's a lot of funny people in this town. There's a lot of shows. There's a lot of audience. Um, so it's better here, but, I, you know, I'm just saying that you have to be like focused here in order to stay alive and that's pretty you know thriving and staying alive uh, 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 uh. that's the whole movie was brooklyn in new york <laughs> guess what i'm saying is i miss california but i love new york that's just how it works um but i hope to be back out there soon but, oh, I, what I was going to say about uh, <clears throat> Crystalia and that, it's, it's a great song. And what I like about the song is watching people's reaction videos, like the super lyrical nerds. And because that song, the lyricism is so fucking double-bladed, uh, meaning like every line almost has a double meaning or triple meaning, like it's fucking sick. So yeah, I, I know the amount of time and writing and the level of professionalism and how hard that is in order to pull off. And they go in and it's fucking, I liked, I liked watching the reaction videos of other people breaking it down because people grew up on Eminem. I didn't grow up on Eminem, but people like grew up on Eminem, like the, the hardcore 
hip-hop fans now and the hardcore even just rappers all grew up on him so he's super goat to those cats um but i uh but there's something to be said for just being funky and fresh and uh like i like bismarcky i like de la soul you know there's you know art there's uh I think it's the same thing with, like, speed metal. Like, speed metal isn't, like, the most soulful shit. But you're almost in awe of the mere power and almost the math that it takes to pull it off, you know? The same thing with, like, super lyrical hip-hop. It's like, whoa, it's like seeing a gymnast go fucking buckwheat up there on the uh, uneven bars, you know? It's like, holy fuck, I couldn't do that shit. Uh, so kudos to that whole camp and project, and I was very entertained. Are you entertained? Are you entertained with this podcast? I, this is episode 28. I enjoy doing it. You know, I'm not the, a lot of podcasts out there. It's just my, people talking shit about each other, and I didn't want that. I wanted to talk about life, and I think I am. So let me know what you think uh, of this podcast, because I have a blast doing it at the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Um, this coffee I'm having, it's, this is the second French press of the day. You know, my thing is usually two French presses. Just, I make it myself. If you're buying coffee every day in New York, man, it's like, dude, that's like a sucker move. There's certain sucker moves out there. And I think I told you how to make iced coffee because iced coffee is way overpriced. Get yourself a French press. Get yourself a pound of locally roasted good beans, um, Fresh. Look for it fresh. Look for it fresh. Look for the medium roast and then the grind. The grind on the beans. Now what I've learned about the grind on the beans, it's pretty much just the same as like your grinding of weed, you know? You can do finely grounded or if you sometimes, sometimes you want some big fat nugs to put into a bowl. Sometimes you just want it just so grindly founded that you can, you know, roll the perfect joint or pack the perfect one hitter, you know? That's what I got here, is uh, just a, a small amount, finely grounded, great grade A cannabis, you know, but this is, I'm not in California, I would like to be in California, man, just for the legalization. Somebody showed me a pack last night, of, it's called, uh, and I had one of their cards, and I reviewed one of their cartridges, uh, what was it, Smart Card, Smart it's like it looks like the label for smart water i don't know but uh it was a it was it was a cigarette pack of joints and they looked awesome and it showed the nug and it showed like you know the brand and the amount of thc that's in it and you know the science of all this stuff is uh is just moving forward so fast you know and i'll never claim that i'm one of those guys i'm not a super weed nerd I enjoy cannabis, and I enjoy art, and I enjoy comedy. I'm mostly comedy films, cannabis, coffee, in those era. <laughs> and that's kind of how it all plays out. Uh, speaking of comedy and films, I do the, the final PMA of my short film series with Mookie Thompson. PMA is coming out, like, it looks like this week. I made the beat for this video, and they needed, like, kind of a trap beat. And I had to listen to all this other, like, shit, man. And then I made the beat, but I made it funny and funky. And I actually used my own voice and sampling. That was the first time. And I did it all on my phone. And then I moved it all into, I have a Mac Mini. Old, when I started doing this podcast, I had this old Mac Mini. I had a laptop, but then I had this old Mac Mini that was, like, I wouldn't do a lot of work, but I think you could do editing and stuff. Like, I don't know. I might have to eventually. But it, it was laying around and collecting dust, so I just kind of put it all together. And that's what I edit this podcast. I just take this from my phone, from the lav mic, that I record into my phone on the uh, Mic app. They have a dope app, Shure Mics. And then I just drop it in garage band and then I hook it up with some funky beats but I have to say my beat making this uh <laughs> this podcast has def definitely helped my editing and audio editing let me know what you think because I want to build this thing out and we're going to get it a lot better I want to get into some more chai tea I'm talking about visiting like this uh chai museum 
with art. And then I have a bunch of friends that I need to interview. I'm going to get some more equipment. Uh, but right now, you know, mostly I'm just trying to get the reps in and get the tone and get the pacing, get familiar with our concept and our audience. But I also want to talk health. The last two days, uh, I just had, I had a banana shake and then I just ate some salmon, everybody. Uh, we have, we talked about salmon on this show because we're about to go in deep on salmon. I love me some salmon. Uh, I got this, my wife hooked me up because she works in fashion and she had this uh, meeting with Patagonia and they, uh, they gave her, Patagonia's getting into food items and they had this packaged salmon, like this fresh fish that's like from one of those organic like salmon farmeries, fisheries. And they have it packaged like super... Di they're rolling out this new thing that they're going to be dealing with. And it's great. It's clean protein. I put it on a bagel. It's not like the red salmon, the only thing. This shit had fish skin on it and stuff. But I still put it on a bagel with some cream cheese. Because I had a red onion laying around. I do love me some bagels and lox. I will say, love bagels and lox. I'm not Jewish. not saying it, that you have to be Jewish to enjoy it. It is, But it is a traditional New York bagels and lox uh food and i have to say man i love uh salmon it makes me feel healthy like i think the oil's good i know it's smelly but uh the oil's good and it just feels good to my soul when i eat salmon for some reason i just it's it's just good um it's good clean protein i'm not like i'm not saying like i want to be vegetarian i'm just saying just eating dead meat all the fucking time for every meal is just a little whack. Like some bacon now and then, a burger once a month, you know, but like just to do it all day every day seems like fucking suicide. What did KRS-One say, a hamburger? He said something, what is it? To me, that's, oh, is it KRS-One? It's just, a, I don't know, the rhyme will come up to me in a second, but KRS-One talked about vegetarianism in his lyrics. Which was so dope, because he was from the Bronx. He's just pretty much, you know, a lot of, uh, what is it, self-knowledge. Self-knowledge of self. Self and self-awareness in, in, in uh, disattaching the ego. Uh, you know, that type of stuff is like an, a higher level of thinking, and sometimes the goons and the jocks don't get it, but sometimes I think in the next generations and how people are understanding creativity and how to make money off of creativity and how there's a career in creativity and how it's actually good for you, um, you know, some of this stuff will evolve out. But I will say, I mean, yeah, I will say that I love me some salmon. I had some bomb ass, like, it, the only thing is the same as expensive, so I would, but if I ate it every day, I wouldn't like it, you know, if I was like, oh, I've, I, but the only thing is banana peanut butter milkshake, I do drink every day, and I love it, and I do hit me some herb now and then every day, and I love it, I love that, uh, uh, what's his face, the dude from Pineapple, uh, Pineapple Express, I mean, he always talks about it. But uh, he, he said on Colbert that he smoked every day, all day. Well, I guess, you know, but it's just nice when people are honest about it, you know. That's what's kind of fucking dope. So we can get beyond it um, and understand it, that it's going to be great for this country. Seth Rogen. That's uh, great. Uh, that he was, it's just on Colbert. I just looked at a stupid tweet. Not a stupid tweet, but all my likes on... I'm trying to get better with Twitter. I don't know. Sometimes it bums me out. Sometimes I don't... Like, I sit there and write jokes for Twitter, and it's free. And uh, if it's good, somebody can steal it. But I guess you just got to always think entertain, entertain, entertain. I think I get in my head sometimes, just because I'm dealing with comedians all the time. And also focusing my energy, because... You know, I am getting older, and I got time. Time is, you know, important.
Amazing hit. Love it. Just a couple, you know. Uh, and a nice second French press of coffee. Yeah, salmon is good. I eat it a lot. I buy that if it, that's a go-to in vegetables, chicken. Hamburger meat, I'm not buying, but I will say bacon. It's hard for me to turn down pulled pork, and I like pepperoni. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I've been making bacon uh, for my kids in the morning, for my kid in the morning. and I've just been making a lot of bacon lately. And I'm just saying, like, two strips of bacon, like, it puts so much grease on a frying pan. Like, it's, like, literally, like, two inches and I think about my arteries, and I think about my heart. The heart is the thing, man. Um, nobody knows where that electricity comes from that pumps the heart, and your heart is your pump that pumps the blood through your body. Uh, and you gotta get that heart pumping, you know? You gotta stay in, my new thing is like, you gotta stay in kinetic motion. That's why I've always said that I love about New York is that I'm walking all the time. I'm in my 40s. Dudes in their 40s and 50s, man, they go down. And I don't want to be sitting down at a desk for more than two or three hours. Actually, I'm just standing up as I say this because I'm sitting at my desk <laughs> as I prep all of this. Uh, but you want to be in kinetic motion. You wanna, I want to have like athletic underwear and athletic pants on most of the time so I can bust some funky fresh stretching. I maybe have to do some break dancing, you know, just get the blood pumping. It's all about pumping the blood through that magical machine, you know. You got to keep that piece of electricity, that spark alive. The last two days, like I went, my workout pattern went off and on, but the last two days I got back on and I did two days in a row of uh, stretch, yoga, like I just roll out the mat, I go through those ninja moves, <laughs> I go through, I do the squat, like the squatty potty in Indonesia, you know, I do the squat, I squat down, do you guys know that, how they sit in Indonesia, they don't, how they stand, they don't just stand around, they kind of sit almost frog style, like you just dip your butt to the floor, bending your knees, and it opens up your abdomen, abdomen, Abdomen uh, more. It's actually a better way, a more natural way, and that's a, that whole squatty potty theory and stuff is based on. Uh, it's a more natural way of sitting and stand. It's a more natural way of standing because you're like bending your knees, you're getting your circulation, you're aligning your organs, you're aligning everything right. Uh, so yeah, I want to bust a couple of those with the yoga mat out, you know, and then I go into, uh, the, like, you know, that, I don't know what that is, the, the pray to Allah, the squat on your knees, like the frog style, like crouch, but I do that, and then I go into the cobra, right, the snake thing, you arch your back, that works on your spine and just gets your spine aligned, it's all about lining your spine. And then I go into downward dog, which gets your hamstrings. Now your hammies, if you come to, man, if you come to New York, man, your hammies get hammered in this town. All you're doing is walking, dude. So your hamstrings are just sprung. Uh, so you gotta, the downward dog is, is fucking, is a New Yorker's best friend. Because the hammies get sprung in this town, man. You look at people's calves in this town. <laughs> man, people got the biggest, hardest, they're most, some of them are made of concrete, man. People are just fucking rocked out to the core. Um, on their legs, because everybody's just walking like crazy, man. Um, and the downward dog, and you gotta, I haven't ever pulled the, I don't want to say that, knock on wood. But, uh. I just know it's important for dudes uh, and girls and just people that, older people with legs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to stay more in shape, but I've been, the last three days, I did the stretch routine, which, you know, is like a basic yoga workout, breathing, just stretching the shit, using everything I've learned from any yoga class I've taken and just stuff that I've 
picked up at the gym that are written on the walls in the stretch room <laughs> and, you know, stuff from PE class, like all the stuff that works for me. And I do all of that. And then I worked out and I would do 22 minutes exactly on the treadmill. I'm watching my heart rate. I know my heart rate, the best heart rate is like 114, 120 for my age. And you want to do that for over 15 to 20 minutes because that's when you get in fat burning zone. So that's when you can drop some LBs or at least keep shit at bay. And then, so I do that and then I do three sets of five pull-ups. And I've been doing that and I even opened with seven pull-ups. And But I will do my pull-ups like real slow and just stretch, man. Just How many times do you get to just hang like that when you're like, you know, on a pull-up bar, just to, just to relax your skeletal upkeep, you know, you know, you're always, gravity's always pushing your skeleton down, that's why you see old people like, oh, all hunched over, that's what we got the hunch, I'm getting, I looked in the mirror, I was like, am I hunching, uh, trying to work on my posture a little bit, but also, you know, not, you know, just kind of go with the flow, that's the big thing. You know, but all this helps you go with the flow. Because once you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm just a living thing. I'm just like that tree over there. I'm just like the sky. I'm, I'm just a part of this living organism beyond the ego. The ego is what helps you, you know, manifest your dreams and create your own thing. Um, but once you get to a point where you can be like, that's what I mean, just like working out and getting your mental right. But I did 15 minutes meditation, 15 minutes of stretch, and then worked out 22 minutes on the cardio, and then did some pull-ups. And now I need to do some writing. <laughs> and then I try to get disciplined on the writing. I've been, you know, that one project kind of fell off. I, I had to make a beat for this video, for this comedy series I did with Mookie. And I knew if I didn't do that beat, he would have to like steal a beat from the internet or, you know, some of them are rights-free, but it just wouldn't have the same organic vibe. That's what I've learned with doing so many creative projects that as an artist, you do want to make most of the calls, but you do want to be able to, the good thing would be to pass along the work and have a budget so you can be like, okay, this is the type of logo I want. This is my vision. A lot of things is vision, people having powerful vision, you know, seeing it and then understanding that time will bring you up like an elevator to that point if you just stay cool and try to work out and patience and not attachment and the anger, you know, avoid meltdowns. I've melted down a few times and every time, I mean, doing comedy or the crowd is bad or some shit had gone down with, you know, business deals or on phone calls. You know, I, I've done the mistakes in the past, but not a lot. But I've done enough that I've been like, it always sets you back three or four steps going forward. And it loses you money. So you want to never, you know, anger's just whack. I don't know, man. But you need it sometimes if somebody to protect your shit. But I don't know. I like, I'm more and more going towards trying to zen things out, trying to work on my energy, my attitude, uh, when I'm about to do something, like, fucking, I'm gonna rock this shit, you know? Having confidence is everything. With, I, I, with stand-up, I'll give you this, confidence and ignorance is everything. I think I said it on the other thing, man. If you don't even think of... A lot of times if you go into like bat, you know, if you're setting up to do something, don't think about the outcome. Just think you're going to make it, you know, just know you're going to make it. Know it. And I know this is going to, my feeling is pot is going to get legal and this show is great and I would love to get more of a budget so I can allocate the funds to the right people. You know, I know the right people to get a camera. I know how to get a good location. I know how to... Uh, see, now I'm giving you guys too much and somebody's going to pitch this fucking show. See, there's the ego that kicks in with me with show business. But I will say I love cannabis and I do love coffee. And I think America does too. 
people aren't fucking drinking alcohol as much. I mean, alcohol is fun, but it's not the bomb to the bomb. I like having some beers now and then. Or, you know what I liked was Bloody Marys. Like I, but mostly I liked it because of the tomato juice and the little kick. For some reason, that vodka meeting the tomato juice, meeting the morning, meeting, you know, it's just a weird combination that actually worked and the big fucking stalk of celery. <laughs> it's such a stupid thing that it actually works. And sometimes that's what makes things funky fresh, man. Uh, like Bismarcky, like, might not be the number one your top five MC, but he's definitely top ten hip hop star of all time. And and lyrically, you know, it was just it's just funky, man. Funky and cool and simple and good fun goofball vibe. That's what I like. That's what I've um that's where I'm trying to steer everything. But the only thing about the comedy industry is just so heavy with people doing the same shit and it's all the same stuff, which I don't mind, but I always want to just go for straight goofball shit, man. Straight down the line, funny, goofy. That's my style. I, you know, and that's the style of music and that's the style of comedy. That I want to see. So I'm going to do that shit. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I've been making the beat for PMA. I did that. So that was on my things to do list. I have been working on my act. I performed at the Creek in the Cave last night. Shout out to Rebecca who runs that place. It's in Long Island City. It's this small theater, small little club that has burritos. Bomb. It, the burritos there are bomb, man. Uh, if you want a good burrito, that's a good burrito and it has comedy. And it has comedy. And if you love to drink or you like to drink, it's a great place to get beers. Cervezas. They got awesome ping. It's an awesome venue. It's an awesome space. Check out the Creek in the Cave. They have comedy shows, but it's like, it's kind of like the CBGB of stand-up comedy. It is like off the beaten track. And it's more of the artsy. It's more of the young. It's not about the money. Um, but guess what? Sometimes the shows, the comics I was on the show with was some of the most diverse. There was this girl from Japan that just got into town that got a set there. There was an international vibe. This dude from England was there. Uh, I'm feeling the Netflix international stand-up shows. Like, there's always been an international scene. And actually, one of my good friends... Shout out to Arge Barker that I toured with the Marijuana Logs with, that who was one of the founding writers, and Arge was in Flight of the Concords. Uh, he was one of the leading act, or not the leading actors, but one of the cast main cast members of that show. Besides the duo, um, but he also is a stand-up comic. But he's made his scene. He's made his living now in Australia, touring theaters in Australia, and he lives down there full time. I just know there's a big international scene. Yeah, I gotta get down to Australia, and I gotta go, so I can go back to Bali, so I can drink some more Sumatra. Uh, let's see where, where, Sumatra is near Bali. It's in the, in, Indonesia is like right near uh, Australia, and it's like the, part of the Southeast Asia, like the lowest part. And Indonesia is like all these little micro islands. And it, it looks like Florida with micro islands all the way up. And it's really diverse and weird. And there's actually some communism in there. Like there's all these little governments and it's, it's wild. But Bali's like, okay, let's see here. Oh, wow. Dark Sumatra Mandolin Coffee. This is strong. They're saying this is strong stuff. This It is pretty strong. I'm on my second French press, and I'm not, like, powering through this cup. I'm having it. I mean, it feels good, but you know me. I can take a lot of coffee, and uh, but I'm, I'm loving it. I'm looking for it right now. Where is S Sumatra Mandeling? 
West Central Sumatra near the port of Panda, Sumatra, Indonesia, people, while most coffees are named after the country or growing region where they are farmed and harvested, harvested mandolin coffee is named after the mandolin people who traditionally farmed and processed these coffee beans. What? What? What is Sumatra? Sumatra is grown on the Indonesia... Okay, Sumatra mandolin coffee beans grown on the Indonesian island of Sumatra mandolin is known as much for its smooth, full-body mouthfeel. Yeah, that word mouthfeel. That means how food tastes or how, how it feels in your mouth because uh, it is thick, good coffee. Uh, it's known for its smooth, full-body and rich, complex taste. The coffee is named after the North Sumatra's Mandalin people, a group of ethnic people not so much in a region. Okay. What? Wow. Oh, wow. It looks beautiful there. It's like, I got a picture of this. It's just in Indonesia. Oh, my God. Oh, this place. This is one of the most beautiful. I know people love Hawaii, but... And I've been to some places in Bali and Indonesia, which is just crazy it has that same thing it's just a different vibe man but no i'm just looking at this picture with this big blue ocean and these green mountains and palm trees and this like big rock that's covered in grass it looks something like the hobbit meets like the most beautiful beach in the world it looks like a drawing that some uh <laughs> dude that liked heavy metal magazines some fucking space nerd hitting a super roach just drew for the last five hours. It looks sick, man. Um, many of the islands of Indonesia's were formed by volcanoes and still benefit from the soil that's rich in volcanic ash. That's the thing about Bali. Like the beaches are all in black sand and ideal for growing coffee. It's no wonder that most of the world's most famous coffee is grown on the island Amala Acharpala of Indonesia, Sumatra, Suwali, and Java. Approximately 15% of all coffee grown in Indonesia is acrobatic. Sumatra is the second largest island in the Republic of Indonesia. Man. It, it's fascinating down there, man. And the food and the fruit and the cup characteristics, uh, notes of cedar, Sweet tobacco, chocolate, spicy, whiny, acidic, consistent, balanced. Damn, I got, and this is 100%. And this is, this is a good cup of coffee. I got this for $10. This shows you, like, you can, this is up there with some Stumptown and some shit like that. If you just know where, what you're about to get and how you, I mean, that's kind of like the herb industry is happening right now. Like, even me, who I was in the Play the Marijuana Logs, I hosted some of the first cannabis coffee, uh, no, can't, uh, well, I wrote the song Coffee and Weed, which you can check out on YouTube, which I do believe is the first and only song about coffee and weed ever written, or at least called Coffee and Weed. Uh, but uh, what I do know what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> Is, uh, oh, you can, you know, you can get good coffee and good weed at a low price if you know what you're getting. And with who, what I do know is that I know a lot about herb in the industry of herb that's growing the last 10 years. But I do know, but I don't know what's going on in this whole CBD stuff. Like, it's just such an explosion. It's such a mainstream explosion that it's bigger than me. It's bigger than high times. It's bigger than, it's, it's bigger than a lot of things, man. And to get your head all the way around it and about the amount of money that could happen when the U.S. legalizes cannabis.
is astronomical. And I don't think, I think that's what's slowing it up right now is people figuring out how to get the money. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of snakes in the grass and there's a lot of fake um, stuff out there going on. Um, with the CBD, there's a lot of snake oil. There's a lot of, you know, I've had, like, even on this podcast, I know there's this one shop down here, and the guy's, man, sells jewels to kids. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I And I bought my CBD chewables there, and it was just like, I don't like those ones that are all sugared out. Like, they're just like sugared worm. It just seems like they're just selling sugar water. I don't know. Um, with some CBD in there. But it, people are, you know, with the packaging and stuff and the jacked up prices... But I also have had really good CBD. So, and there's varieties and ways to take it. The best I had were these like clear gelatin cubes of CBD. And they were like highly milligrammed, but they really made my knees. And, the, and I also had some really like oily cream, like really like, really easy to rub into your knees. And uh, that one was but I've also had some whack and some of them, like if they're, if it's not fresh, you know, or the person doesn't know how to do the extraction properly, you know, all that stuff, you know, it's like the preparation of anything. A lot of coffee, like you can go and get drip coffee from a hotel room, but it's not going to be as good as if you know about the right bean and get the right, you know, the right uh, timing and then, you know, the right amount of crushing the bean, what quality of water you do dripping through the stuff, you know. If you know all that stuff, then you can have a better experience at a cheaper price. Cannabis Coffee Hour coming at you. Zenit it out for 2019 and 2020. Plants everywhere. Uh, yeah, my fern's doing good. But yeah, I want to get a studio. It would be dope to have a little studio with a little barista area. Like, I can see it all. Um, so let me know what you think of this podcast. Contact at Rob Cantrell. And like and subscribe, everybody. Spread word. Spread love. Spread the herb to your friends if they want it. And I uh, hope to see you out there. Check out robcantrell.com for new tour dates and also links to my live album at uh, Brooklyn, New York. In Brooklyn, New York, I recorded 45 minutes of very good material. I like this album. Check it out. It's called Pure Uncut Joy. And uh, if you listen to that album and listen to this podcast, you'll get my vibe. And we will grow together and I'll have some new dates. I'm going to have some new shows coming up. Uh, I've been on the road with Tracy Morgan the last few dates. I, I may be on the road with him again. I've been off the road, but I'm dealing with some family stuff at home. So I may have to take a week off coming up. I'll try to keep the podcast weekly, but, uh, there may be a bump in the road. And the next week, I'm just warning all my super fans out there. Um, if I skip a week coming up, just know I'm coming back at you. But maybe not, you know, I'm learning how to do this pretty much pretty stealthily and simply keep it simple um all right i'll see you guys later peace